Welcome to another segment of Let's Talk UNLV on KUNLV. You're with co-host Keith and Renee. Renee, how was your weekend? Oh, it's great. Uh, got into my exercise. Uh, went to do some shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond, and uh, oh, you getting your zen. <laughs> that's you really right. Getting into the, you really relaxing. I want to, you know, do little changes to the bathroom, little changes to the bedroom. You know, my 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 spot, my my little sanctuary. Right. Right. What about you? Well, I think I've been watching a little bit too much HGTV over the weekend. I ended up going taking like ten trips. It felt like to Home Depot and Lowe's. You know, you go to the you start a project, you go, you get the paint, you right. come home, you're like, oh, I don't have the brushes, I don't have this, and you got to go back. And so it felt like it took me, I spent more time going back and forth to Home Depot and Lowe's and then coming home and actually doing doing the paint project. But I got the painting done, and guess what? What will happen? Don't like the paint, so guess what? I got to go back and redo it. But They don't give you, like, some samples? or Well, you know, I skipped that step. <laughs> And my wife wasn't happy. She's like, there lies you. the problem. Right. There lies the problem. <laughs> you know, she's like, see, you were supposed to bring samples and put it on the wall. But, you know, I skipped the sk- I skipped that step. So I think you just want to go back to Lowe's. I think that's no what it is. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> you just want to go back and do more shopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that was that was entertaining. But I'm excited to sort of do this segment because one of the things that we hear a lot of feedback from the campus community is just about parking and parking services and, and all the things that are associated with that. So I'm glad that we have Mike Lawrence, who's the Associate Vice President for Administration and Business Affairs. And then we also have Tad McDowell, who's Director, Business Affairs, Parking and Transportation Services. Mike and Tad, welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning, Keith. Thank you for having us. Oh, uh, great. Thank you. And we'll probably start with this initial question and, and maybe Mike and Tad, if you could just maybe separately share sort of what's in your portfolio of responsibility to get us started. Sure. Uh, again, this is Mike Lawrence, Associate Vice President for Administration at UNLV. I'm responsible for parking. Uh, I'm also responsible for risk management and safety, delivery services, which is like the logistics arms of the university, mail, shipping, receiving, moving services, uh, surplus property. And I also oversee voice communications, uh, which is telecommunications on campus. And, th- and this is Tad. Um, we basically are in charge of uh, maintaining all the parking lots, making sure that uh, people park where they're supposed to be. We do that through permits. Uh, we have operations that uh, lead to future development and um, just make sure the day-to-day operations go smoothly. Again, so welcome to uh, Let's Talk UNLV. Uh, question so how do you balance the needs between faculty, staff, and students? Um, that's one thing that we all need is parking for those you know, that, that are coming to work, that are coming to take classes. And so what is your process of figuring out how to balance all those needs for these very important stakeholders? Basically, we do open space counts throughout the year uh, to make sure that we're meeting the needs of each uh, segment of our community. And where we see that we have deficiencies in certain areas, we will uh, reallocate those spaces to um, from staff to student or student to staff and uh, put in meters where we need to and um, just make sure that the, the campus is basically balanced as far as the demands are concerned. And then, Tad, could you, for us who may be less familiar with sort of that approach, could you talk a little bit about or maybe b- – define what you mean when you say open space count? Well, each fall, about approximately the second week of classes and the first week, 
we go out and we count every single open space in every single parking lot and make notations of that to see uh, exactly what the demand is. And then uh, we do that again uh, the latter part of the semester and then again in the spring semester. And so I'm curious, um, how has uh, parking on this campus changed over the years? Uh, Do you see more spaces, less spaces? And then how are you able to balance that need maybe differently as the campus has grown over the years? Great great question, Renee. Thank you. Uh, I, I will start, and then Ted can fill in the blanks. Uh, the number of spaces has, has grown, but not uh, through development. At least the last just 10 years or so, other than constructing the uh, last Tropicana garage, we've looked to maximize uh, the spaces in our existing land, so we've redesigned parking lots and uh, restriped them and tried to get as much value out of those lots as we could. That does two things. It helps us be as efficient as possible, but also keeps our permit amounts down. And uh, if Tad has anything to add. Uh, just to add on to that, the, as far as the uh, demand and supply is concerned, that, that alternates uh, throughout over the years. Uh, each year, uh, we, with enrollment increases, then that increases demand. And we don't foresee uh, in the future for that to slow down much, except for this period of time that we've been going through. And we've got to always be ready to uh, meet that demand. The, it's, it's interesting that, for instance, the Kaiser Grove Garage, the Tropicana Garage, they fill up uh, pretty much the same times every year. But uh, there has been times when one Garage, for instance, Cottage Grove has not filled up, and we want to tell everybody that the university garage has yet to fill up, mm. to the most part. So, of all the garages, which is the most coveted? <laughs> uh, Tropicana. Tropicana. Okay. <laughs> and then, Mike, I know you you mentioned that risk management sort of falls in your portfolio, and could you speak to maybe related to parking, how risk how risk may manifest in, in sort of the parking services spaces? Uh, well, I, I think there's a, a lot uh, that goes on there. Uh, one of our biggest things in risk management that we like to look out for is uh, accidents, uh, whether the accidents occur on campus or whether the um, person is driving a state vehicle. And so from a parking perspective and a risk perspective, we look to reduce the number of pedestrian and vehicle conflicts we look to make sure that where students are crossing, there's not as much traffic as possible. So when opportunities come for us to redesign and, and clean up some of those intersections, that's kind of where you'll see the intersect of those two disciplines. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know that you also offer some services. I mean, I've seen uh, potentially if people get stalled or people are needing um, some other assistance, maybe think about uh, sharing some of those uh, services that you share that helps the community um, when they're in the parking lot and maybe expect, maybe having a, having dealt some difficulty? Uh, yes, we have a motorist assistance program that we've had for quite some time. Um, we used to do lockouts, but due to liability reasons, we had to stop doing those. But we still do jump starts and tire inflations. I benefited from those services. So, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Don't, dis- don't discontinue those. And so is that just <laughs> that for anyone? So if I'm a, a guest of the campus and I was just, you know, running in to, you know, to get my, my, my meal or I wanted to go to U.S. Bank and, 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 and 
for some reason my car shuts down, would I be able to access those services or that's just for uh, faculty, staff, and students? No, we will, we will help anybody that's on our campus mm. that has those issues. Great. And then also, could you speak to the relationship between or the services around, you know, because I know proximity, we talked about like where parking access is located, but could you speak to maybe from a safety standpoint, like in the evenings and nights when, you know, students and staff are, you know, or transitioning from buildings to the parking lots at night or, or what support, if any, you provide in those spaces or does that responsibility lie somewhere else? Keith, that's actually a really great question. Uh, there's a couple things that we ask students to do. Uh, the first and foremost is to download the Rebel Safe app. That app will help them uh, have a direct contact to the UNLV Police Dispatch. There's also a, an option on that app to have a walk with me. So if a student doesn't necessarily feel safe, then uh, a person, uh, a friend, can watch their travel as they travel across the parking lot and make sure they made it to their car and their vehicle safely. Um, we do have emergency phones located throughout the campus, uh, several in the garages. New emergency phones go across campus. Parking was one of the key um, players in that project. And then also, uh, police services does offer safety escorts. Uh, it's a student program where students are trained and uh, uh, paid by police services, but they will escort students uh, across campus if there's an incident where they don't feel safe. Wow, that's really good to know that we have these services um, in place. Let's uh, segue to some of your recently completed projects and then talk about what made these projects uh, specifically the ones that you wanted to, to uh, address at this time. Was there a history that these were, you know, unmet needs or uh, were there just, you know, uh, projects that uh, for safety reasons you chose to target? But let's talk about your recently completed projects. That sounds great. Thank you. Uh, one of the big ones that we want to highlight and we have been highlighting, is the Cottage Grove realignment project. Uh, for those of you who have been on campus for quite some time, the Cottage Grove parking garage is a fairly large facility, um, larger than the other garages on campus. And during time, peak times, getting in and out of the garage would take an extended period of time. And part of that was because the uh, light at Cottage Grove in Maryland wasn't as efficient as possible. And so parking actually commissioned a study, a traffic study, to identify what options existed. And one of those was to realign that intersection and make it more uh, easy for vehicles to get in and out. Uh, during peak times before the, the, pro the, the Cottage Grove realignment, it would take anywhere between three to six minutes to exit the garage. Once the garage or once that project was completed, it takes uh, about one and a half minutes to leave the garage. Uh, so... When you think 2,500 students or 2,500 vehicles at saving 1.5 minutes each, that's significant time savings for our campus constituents. And then there's also some other projects, Shadow Lane and, and the uh, yep. parking lot and garage maintenance. Yes. Uh, previous to my earlier comment about maximizing our space, the uh, Shadow Lane East lot uh, is mostly used for dental patients and uh, faculty staff at the dental school. Uh, however, we were able to redesign the lot uh, by removing some of the landscaping and maximizing the existing land. And we ended up increasing the size of that lot by 140 parking spaces. Uh, again, it, it was a project that we looked to maximize where possible to keep our permit fees low 
and capitalize on our existing land without development. And, and then uh, more recently, uh, the parking garage, parking lot and garage maintenance project was completed. Uh, Tad's more familiar with that, so I would like him to weigh in on that one. Yeah, basically our parking maintenance includes uh, striping of the spaces, crack sealing of the asphalt, and in some cases a seal coating over the asphalt. Uh, we, uh, we did about 40% of all the parking lots last summer, and we're now on pretty much a two-year rotation for this type of maintenance. And uh, I, I could go through all the lots that we, we did. I don't think you want to know all those at this mm-hmm. time, but uh, we, we got a, quite a bit done in the last two years. Great. <clears throat> could you talk a little bit about some of the projects that are in process? Uh, that sounds great. Uh, uh, the first, uh, the big one that I think most folks should be aware of, because they might be seeing some construction soon, is the Tropicana Garage expansion. As Tad alluded to earlier, that is a garage that fills up quickly, and we are looking to build phase two of that garage. Uh, we received approval uh, from the Board of Regents in December to uh, repurpose some uh, bond financing from another project, and we are currently in the RFP process to identify a vendor and begin construction. We expect construction on that project to start uh, in the spring of this year. And have you determine about how many, what the change in the parking will be at the conclusion of that project? Well, I I think uh, there's a lot of impact there, Keith. Uh, What I would say is that we're planning on about 770 uh, increased spaces in that lot. Wow. Uh, The the facility itself is a thousand spaces, but you lose some spaces from the footprint. And there are some other projects in the area that uh, may cause us to, to lose spaces as well. So 7, 770 is the net impact or the net gain from that uh, construction. Are there other projects that you want to share? Maybe like the bike share, RFP, and infrastructure enhancements? Uh, sure. I, I will actually turn that one over to Tad. He's definitely been running point on that. Very familiar. Uh, actually, uh, with bike share... Uh, we've been working on an RFP for that, which would lead to possibly multiple vendors on campus, uh, which with, with bike and scooter. Uh, we're still, uh, even though we're getting ready to uh, put out an RFP, we're still doing some uh, review of the whole process and make sure that uh, it fits with everything that the university needs. But um, there, there's a lot of bikes, bike improvements we'd like to make. Uh, along with some other things that uh, leads us into uh, various fees that we'd like to implement. And so let's talk about ticketing. How does ticketing <laughs> work? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's pretty simple. Actually. And how can I get um, mine uh, abated? <laughs> <laughs> if, no, if, I don't have any. You have, wink, wink. Yeah. Well, first of all, you need a permit to park on campus. Okay. Um, everybody has to pay to park on campus. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, if uh, there are those individuals that choose not to buy a permit or pay a meter or what have you, and in that, uh, the result of that will be them getting receiving a citation. And uh, unfortunately, some people don't pay those citations, and then we have to go out and, and do booting and such and 
that's us trying to do a good thing turns into a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's where we get uh, most of our criticism. Well, I appreciate that at the start of the year, there's a grace period. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I've been on that side of, the, of grace where I've been able to go and rectify uh, my need to get, have my parking permit updated. Uh, and so should that process uh, unfold again for 2021 mm-hmm. spring semester as we reopen? Or how are you handling parking and uh, people getting uh, their uh, parking permit updated? What we yes. usually do is we'll, we'll start our permit sales a couple weeks early uh, before the beginning of a semester. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for instance, in August, uh, we start as early as August 1st. Mm-hmm. And so that in that case, you know, sometimes three weeks. And then the week of, uh, right before the week of classes, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, it's more of a, we try to work with everybody and get everybody in to get their permits done. And then uh, the end of the week, we do warnings. And then we start citing the next week. And then, Tag, could you, could you talk a little bit about, I know that we've launched the, the pod project now. We're doing... The, vac- the vaccinations, could you speak to how the parking works for that initiative since it's projected that that may, be, that may occur for a few months? Well, it, it started off with the testing over at the tri- and we, it was at the Tropicana parking garage. And uh, pretty much we provide the space and let the, uh, at, in that case, it was the National Guard and, and the health department officials operate the site, of course. Um, and in all the cases, we're just providing the space for them to do that. So in no, no way do we want to take any credit for the um, actual event. But then it was moved over, the testing was moved over to the Thomas and Mac uh, Pavilion. And now the, the vaccination, well, then it was moved over to Stan Fulton. And the vaccinations uh, started on Monday, the 11th, that we're providing space for in front of FDH. Now, a little birdie told me that we converted one of our parking lot spaces to host an event for now Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Is that true? Yes, we were asked to provide some spaces on in Lot O, which is on the north side of campus. And it was for a parking lot, one of the parking lot events that they held. And uh, what here again, we provided the space and helped uh, accommodate that, um, provided some support. But other than that, it was more of a space provision. But, I mean, talk to me about how that makes you feel to be a part of such, you know, uh, history-making, life-changing events. You're part of this pod uh, process of getting our healthcare workers and first-line responders vaccinated through your services and then also to, to get the word out regardless of of, of what side of the aisle people are on, but just to understand what their options are in terms of, of the electorate. Uh, I mean, are there other projects like that that you've been a part of that we wouldn't know about that really enhances um, your visibility in your role in providing a host of services? Well, I think Mike might want to talk a little bit about that too, but uh, not only uh, did we deal with that one event, which was actually uh, small, compared to the 2016 uh, final debate 
presidential mm-hmm. debate right. that was held on the campus. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was, that was probably the most major thing that we had to um, work with. Uh, Mike, did you want to say something about that? Uh, I was going to say, uh, parking actually does about 1,400 events annually. Wow. And, and, wow. Uh, and these events, these events actually happen all the time. Uh, as you said, we're happy to work with anybody who's interested in space. Uh, we try, we set up uh, parking spaces for the Board of Regents meetings whenever those come. Uh, we're very adept at dealing with the VIPs. Uh, however, we're also very careful not to displace our student traffic whenever possible. Mm. Uh, the permit holders do pay, and, and we do our best not to impact them unless it is some event like that that is coming from a higher level. Uh, we do put our permit holders first and foremost, and I think that's important to be said because I know oftentimes events can disrupt people's behavior patterns when they're looking for a parking space, but I can tell you in every meeting I go to, Tad is always the first to say, we don't want to move our permit holders, mm. and, uh, and we're, ver- Thank we're you, very... Tad. Um, <laughs> Yeah. About that. And so do you find well, that because... Go ahead, Ted. Oh, I was just going to add on to the fact that uh, we have major events, for instance, like NFR, basketball, those type of things that impact the southwest side of campus. But there's been no time, even though the perception has been there, that have we have displaced... Um, well, gotten to the point to where there was not any parking available. And also... Uh, we hold the Tropicana parking garage for our student permit holders during those large events. Mm. So do you find that the physicality or location of our campus uh, is mm-hmm. a barrier to parking or it creates some challenges, nuances, or even some benefits? Um, I can imagine with Tropicana, Maryland, some of the busiest streets ever, <laughs> you know, in in Las Vegas, uh, there's some different things that you have to come um, to think about than maybe uh, a uni- you know University of Nevada Reno or uh, some other campuses or Nevada State, uh, so you know are there some changes are there, are there some differences there that you have to look at because we're smack dab right in the city. Oh, that, that, that's a loaded question. <laughs> 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 um, I, I I think there are differences. I think us being relatively landlocked and having you know a lot of development. Uh, inhibits our ability to to grow and expand the footprint of the campus. So we are to the point uh, that we have to maybe do developments with parking garages, which is more costly. That is part of what we face. And then also our proximity to the airport. Uh, mm. There's been potential impacts for the elevated expressway, which is now known as the Diverging Diamond Interchange, which is the county's project to help fast-track airport traffic to the Strip. Uh, for tourists, uh, so when they arrive in Las Vegas, we can get them to the resort corridor as quickly as possible. So there's some impacts there, and then of course, as Tad said, the events. Uh, I think every parking uh, department is unique and different on every campus, and Tad definitely probably has more experience on that. But definitely not having the ability to expand our footprint does does make it a challenge, especially when uh, a lot of the development around the campus is relatively new and would be very costly for the university to acquire and, and just uh, turn into parking. And then we'll get you out here on this last question. <clears throat> Is there anything that we didn't ask or, or you haven't had a chance to share for those, for the audience who will be listening that you would like for them to know about parking services? Yeah, thank you, Keith. There is one thing I think it's always important to mention is that we do have a university parking advisory committee. 
Uh, membership from the committee consists of all areas across campus, uh, students, uh, faculty, staff, and the uh, committee meets four times a semester. And if there's any information or folks are interested in joining the committee, they can speak to their uh, shared governance representatives from their area. Uh, and we're always accepting new members on the Parking Advisory Committee, and we'd love to have them. Anything for you from your side, Ted, Tad, that you would like to share? I think that pretty much wraps it up. I do want to mention, though, uh, we went through a pretty extensive parking campus master plan that uh, resulted in a lot of good recommendations, and we're working on those right now. All right, Renee, this was very informative. You know, I've been on campus as a student and professional for 20-plus years, and I just didn't realize how comprehensive all the work that goes into parking services. And, and so this is very educational for me. What was, what were some of your key takeaways? Well, definitely the 1400 events that are offered, you know, annually, I just named a couple that come to my mind and came up in my inbox. Uh, But just to know that that's really the extent of the kind of uh, services they're offering, all of the different safety uh, features and services they're offering to keep our campus safe, but to also make sure that uh, users and our guests can as- receive assistance um, if their car, you know, fails or if they need a jump or if they need uh, some other type of, of assistance. And then I would also say uh, just the ongoing completion of projects that happen that have to happen, as well as the projects that are in process. Um, I had no idea that there was this open space counting process um, uh, that that occurs. And so that was also interesting to hear about. Yes. And and in addition to what you said, some takeaways from for me, you know, I was disappointed to learn that I can't get a parking spot right in front of the building I work in. But, you know, that aside, I know that there are some some cost constraints that wouldn't allow that. But just how thoughtful that Mike and Tad shared, they are in assessing the needs of the campus community regarding parking and, and related functions against costs, really keeping it affordable for uh, fees. And and I think also being very mindful about when we do have external events occurring, trying to minimize the impact on the university uh, community. Yeah, when you're able to take what would take about what three to six minutes to exit a garage facility down to one and a half minutes. But you think about how much time you know you're spending. You're not able to get home to your loved one. You have yes. to stop at the grocery store <clears throat> to you know to get your dinner. Couple uh, extra trips to Home Depot and Lowe's. That's right. <laughs> you know the students that are trying to juggle between you know getting in time and in and out for that test as well as to get back home and studying. I mean, all those minutes really do add up. And to know that they're you know we're making those conscious decisions to reduce that time as well as the traffic uh, that could also also lead to, you know, all, you know, accidents and all kinds of things that um, are just unpleasant. So it was really eye-opening to hear about the range of services and ways that they provide assistance to our entire campus. Yes, because, you know, like through the assessments that we do through Campus Life and Student Affairs, you know, parking is one of those things that, that always shows up in recommendations. And I think it's definitely great to be able to share with the university community all these improvements that are underway through all the things that uh, Mike and Tad shared, like you said, with the Im- improving the flow of traffic in and out, uh, just increasing parking spaces, the two-year refresh plan that, that we're doing. So all those things, I think, certainly significantly and directly contribute to improving the student experience in terms of parking. So 
So Tad, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all the wonderful things that are occurring within parking services. Thank you both. 